Welcome to another Big MX radio podcast. You're also watching on Instagram Live or you're watching Instagram IGTV. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt, and we're going to be going through, this is going to be my review of the first round at Houston 1. The Monster Energy uh, AMA Supercross is come and gone. Really excited about it, and uh, I wanted to sort of give... My thoughts on a few of the uh, of the happenings throughout. Shout out to Brady. Uh, you guys are in the in the chat already. This will also be recorded as a podcast for Big MX Radio. And if you're listening on that, um, appreciate you listening. And uh, I think this is going to be something that we do after every single one of these rounds. I want to get these reviews out as soon as possible. So um, let's just get this this crack this thing wide open. Let's start off things with the 250 class, which was won by none other. Then Christian Craig out of uh, Temecula, California. I don't think he's from Temecula, but either way, uh, really cool to see Christian Craig top step of the podium. I believe he led every lap. He did. He led all 20 laps. Amazing that they do 20 laps nowadays uh, in um, in Supercross in in a in a 250 class. At one point, this would have been a 15 lap main event. Turns out to be a 20 lap main event. And uh, pretty wild to see. Um, Austin Forkner, not a great start. and didn't look great all day long. Um, I don't want to move off of Christian too quickly, but uh, to talk about Austin Forkner, a guy who, for all intents and purposes, was uh, a lot of people were thinking that guy's going to be a championship contender. That guy's going to, well, not contender, but he's, he should like win every single one of these races. He's the, he's the man to beat. Um, although at certain times, he definitely had a lot, of, a lot more speed than uh, uh, a lot of other guys on the on the grid, um, Austin just didn't seem to be that dominant self that he was today. Um, and uh, but I, I think there's there's better better performances ahead for for Austin. And a second place is definitely where he wants to be uh, consistently on the podium the whole season long. And I think that's going to turn out to be a championship for him. Um, getting back to Christian Craig a little bit. Uh, he had grid starts all day long, uh, even when they did the, the kind of the mock start that they did during qualifying. Um, he did a really good job just getting out front, establishing himself, and uh, he's got a little bit of a chip on his shoulder. I don't know if it's uh, when he's on the line on the Pulp Show about a month ago, uh, and they asked uh, if, like whether or not Christian uh, is going to be a, is is a favorite for the championship and literally no one on the line said yes uh, i think he took that personally i think i took it to heart and uh and if that's the fuel he needs to win these races and and get up to get to the front all the power to him uh he's got a three-point lead going into tuesday's race and uh that's a step in the right direction for a guy who hasn't won a race in five years austin forkner like i said second spot uh i think you're gonna see better performances from him down the road but for the most part like you can't fault the guy. Second place is awesome, and uh, I think that uh, that's a uh, if he's consistent and he stays up there, I don't think he's gonna have any tr- trouble uh, at least being a uh, a serious threat for this championship. Another guy that I thought was gonna have an amazing H1, and he's got tons of speed. He's had tons of speed for a lot of years, uh, racing Yamahas for I believe this is the fifth straight season is Colt Nichols, the 64 machine. He's dealt with a ton of injuries, but he's always fast, and he never takes long to get right back into things. And uh, that that was basically uh, the tale of the tape when it came to uh, Houston 1. He qualified well. He, he, he's fast in his heat races. 
Uh, it looks like he's really gelling with that uh, that Yamaha. So uh, I wasn't surprised at all to see him in third spot. Uh, he was even given the business to uh, to Jet Lawrence. He he grabbed for uh, the third spot kind of on, on his own right. Uh, kind of he, he was right in behind R.J. Hampshire, who misses a rut. Completely uh, ruins his night, RJ, uh, and it could have gotten worse. It was lucky that it was that late in the race. He ended up losing a lot of positions. Um, and the biggest benefactor here, who was sitting in sixth place all night, who ended up fourth, was Joe Shimoda. Uh, right out of Japan, shows up, and uh, this is his second, uh, he's a sophomore ride. He's last year's 250 Rookie of the Year, uh, third place in that championship, even though he didn't have a podium. Go figure, right? Um, but fourth spot, I think that was really strong. Uh, he benefited, obviously. Uh, but maybe that's the confidence boost he needs uh, of being a top five guy um, that maybe we see a little bit more from him. The kid's got a chip on his shoulder. And I know I've said that twice now about two different guys. But Joe is a guy who he's aggressive. He believes he should be near the front. And I think that, that he's going to continue to do so um, throughout this season. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I think that he's got a really cool riding style, and he's giving a, as he gets more comfortable, especially with the language. I feel like that comes out in his riding somehow, in the way he's just able to assert himself and, and be dominant. Uh, this is one of my best fa uh, friends and fans right there checking in, uh, and uh, like no one's surprised to see that RJ Hampshire was fast today at all um, honestly like he's he's got tons of speed he's won these races in the past he had a good outdoor season uh, at least the beginning of it was uh, the 24 machine that's why he has I believe that's a permanent number if not uh, it's it's damn close to being one for RJ uh, I think it actually is because he had 24 last year that's a permanent he has a permanent number uh, and then so he rounds out your top five solid um who's checking in that's a big fan you are um and um jet lawrence i think is the story of the night and i think a lot of people thought he was going to be the story of the night uh for being someone who led laps was dominant asserted himself um i don't care how you slice it sixth place is a big uh disappointment for Jet Lawrence and all of his, um, all of his supporters and everyone who's in his corner, sixth spot and and it honestly it, he didn't look strong riding in in fourth spot. Um, he was actually in fifth for a little bit there, riding in fifth. I think he was eight point eight seconds back uh, of the leader, uh, which is not where he wants to be whatsoever. And then uh, completely by himself on the last lap. He goes down. Um, obviously, he gets into it with, with RJ Hampshire when he's like he's sort of like trying to get his bike back up, and inadvertently RJ runs into the back of him, makes his night even worse. It actually could have been worse for Jet Lawrence. He gets up and finishes in sixth. I'm willing to bet that if he's on the ground for another two or three seconds, Mitchell Oldenburg and Michael Moseman go around him. So uh, it could have gotten it could have gone from bad to even worse for uh, for Jet. You know what? Sixth place is not a death sentence in, in this in this series, but it's certainly not the way you want to start things off. And uh, I, I think that uh, he's definitely going to have to come back, and uh, maybe this puts a little bit too much pressure on Jet. 
going into this, the next round, like you know he's got to have some speed. You know he's got to he's got to move forward. He's going to be in a panic to make up points, and uh, if he's not composed, that's going to spell trouble for him. I know. So there's a lot of people that were talking to me before the before the season about Michael Moseman going to make a step. He's going to become uh, a, a top five guy regularly. Well, if that was the case, his seventh place position this last week, this last uh, this tonight, was not what he was looking for. You know that Michael and everybody at the the New Gas Gas team, fuck, that was just that was killing me. Lee Diffie with the New Gas Gas every five seconds. Uh, it's a red KTM, and it he was uh, he was in, he was in seventh, and um, that's not actually that's not necessarily a step forward for uh, for Michael. Obviously, he had himself a, a bit of a get together with uh, with Hunter Sales earlier or uh, kind of mid port in the, in the race that bummed me out. Um, but uh, he was able to remount, fights back to seventh spot. Uh, shout out to Mitchell Oldenburg on a muck off Honda, uh, getting eighth spot, basically top privateer because I believe that would be a basically a full privateer effort. An eighth place uh, finish is really really strong for uh, a guy in that sort of situation. Uh, for all those who uh, had some uh, uh, like anybody who had a uh, like a got an email from Dan Truman and it was it had profanity in it so I assume that there's some sort of issue with with fan, with Pulpomex fantasy um and uh I don't know what that's about but that's going to be pretty, pretty funny um for anyone who had their doubts about Max Voland rookie I think the kid is 16 years old the 115 in your program ninth on the night they, they talked all, all night about how Jet Lawrence is a is a teenager um, he raced last year because he, he can't be that young and uh, he ends up uh, sixth on the day three spots back Max Voland uh, who had himself an unreal ride uh, ninth place is definitely um, a step in the right direction for his professional career I liked I liked his style on the bike but a lot of wasted movement from Max like during his, during his qualifying times I watched him practice he's kind of like moving the bike around a little bit too much he's, he's he doesn't have a very efficient style i think that's going to come back to bite him and if that puts him in the wrong body position especially when you start to really send it he's going to have issues with that so maybe uh i wouldn't know if I, I have him on my uh fantasy picks anytime really soon especially if he's been putting in these good rides he's not going to have a big handicap um but uh, huge shout out to the number 95 i'm not even wearing a jersey that says 95 on it they printed 93 on this uh, Josh Osby rounds out your top 10 really solid ride from uh, from Josh and uh, can't say enough good thing about his program he's been killing it moving forward John Short on the Bar X Suzuki the only Suzuki I believe that was uh, was in the main event tonight in the 250 class 55 in your program from Texas from uh, from Pilot Point Texas none other then um, uh, and John Short, I disagree. He's uh, he's got some serious bike skills and one styles game over. I hey I, I I agree with you on that, but I think that Max uh, has good bike skills, but I think he's a little bit too busy on the bike. I, that's that's just my two cents on it though. Uh, making his Supercross debut, 
a kid who I don't believe scored any, if many, points um, in the uh, in the outdoor uh, series. He raced all the nationals, every moto of outdoor nationals this year. Didn't score any points. I knew he was going to be uh, a indoor specialist. If for those who don't know, he got a podium. I believe it was a second place spot at the Monster Energy Cup on a super mini. Goes by the name of Joshua Verrees. Grew up literally at Milestone, where they had a Supercross track. The kid's been riding Supercross since he was probably on a 65, and and sending Supercross triples since he was probably about 13 or 14 years old. So uh, do not sleep on Josh Verrees. He's going to be a top 10 rider by the end of the uh, by the end of this series. Um, other guys of note, Kevin Morans took that success from his his amateur, uh, or not amateur, his, his arena cross rounds that he raced uh, in December and, and November. He took those uh, those race wins and uh, turned that into a 13th place spot all the way from Kansas. Really great ride from him. Surprising ride from Grant Harlan. Really didn't expect Grant Harlan to go ahead and put himself in the position to do as well as he did in... Um, in, in 250 Supercross from Justin, Texas, Grant Harlan, uh, I believe he's on a Honda, not KTM. Uh, no, wait, what is he on? Yeah, he's on a Honda. Um, I'm looking at, I'm just looking at the results right now and uh, I'm moving my phone back and forth. Everyone, I'm sure everyone likes watching it. Um, Thomas Doe in the, in the 15 spot or the 16 spot, um, California kid, Coming up through the ranks, I believe he had a, um, he was on the um, uh, KTM Orange Brigade program for a short bit there. Really fast, he shows tons of skills, and he qualified awesome. So I assume a lot of people picked him in Pulp Mix Fantasy. Maybe didn't pay off as well as he could have, because I think he could have easily been a top 10 guy. I think he's faster than Josh Osby. Um, but he had an issue in the main event. He fought back to, to 16th, really solid. Also a good night for uh, the 88 machine of Logan Carnell. New new team, same bike, familiar with those Kawasaki's. Uh, so he's, he was doing well. Uh, Max Miller, another fast kid uh, from, uh, from the east, from the west coast. He's from Oregon, I believe. Uh, had a really solid ride. Uh, Lorenzo Camparisi, for those who don't remember, had some really good rides towards the end of Supercross last year, put it in the main, really solid. And I think what this really shows you in the back half or the back quarter of this top 20 is that the depth in the in the uh, the 250 East is not crazy. Like um, the, the fact that the 16th through... Uh, 22nd is, is all three-digit guys uh, is a pretty good indication to me that a lot of the guys obviously none of them scored points last year you got young riders you got guys who no, don't normally race a lot of outdoors or at or at all all three-digit co uh, competitors uh, so there's gonna, there's a lot of uh, opportunity for guys making uh, making main events I think there's going to be some fluctuation as to who these guys are um, and uh, yeah and yeah Pettis tweaked his knee huge bummer he went off during qualifying and I don't even think we saw him in the night show uh which is like for Canadians like myself a uh, super big bummer uh I wanted to see him do well he's extremely talented and uh he's, he's looking to make a move into the 450 I have a sneaking suspicion 
if there's a tweak to his knee and it at all jeopardizes how he's going to do this summer, I think KTM Canada pulls the plug and they, they bring him back to Canada without having any more issues. All right, guys, that's the 250s. Christian Craig out front with a three-point lead, followed by Forkner, Nichols, Shimoda, Hampshire, and then in sixth spot, not where he wants to be whatsoever, is the Jet. I'm going to get off of Instagram Live for a very short second. Yeah, I'm Canadian, by the way. Um, and then uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw it to commercial break here uh, on the podcast, and then we're going to go Instagram Live again in about five, in about two minutes, less than that probably. We're going to go live once again, and we're going to go tip to tail on uh, the 450s as well. Stay tuned here on Big MX Radio. We're right back after these. And we're back. Big MX Radio Podcast. Just myself, Brad Gebhardt, with you on the line and Instagram Live as well. If you're watching this on IGTV, thanks for tuning in. We're going to be reviewing tip to tail, top to bottom, the first round of Monster Energy Supercross of the 450 class, which for the third year in a row, top step the podium goes to Justin Barsha. Shout out to uh, Ryan at Throttle Syndicate. If you need graphics for your bike, you need to go to Throttle Syndicate. Go check them out, and uh, those guys will help you out with literally all of your graphic needs. Sickest bikes on the track, and the one that won tonight has uh, Throttle Syndicate graphics. You need to go check that out. Uh, I'll be signing autographs. No one wants to see your autographs um, whatsoever, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Justin Barsha, let's talk about it. First of all, let's talk about the fact that, yeah, he won this night, but to do it three years in a row is pretty clutch, especially with what we were treated to last Saturday when the, the A1 that uh, didn't actually happen, but for as far as TLD is, is concerned and, and uh, gas gas, it did happen. Uh, they put that whole thing together. They kind of went on the limb and said, yeah, we're gonna go, we're gonna come out and we're gonna win this thing. We're gonna, we're gonna do something really special. And that easily could have bit them in the ass and uh, kind of made a mockery of it. But absolutely clutch performance from Justin Barsha. He goes out there, he's fast in practice, he looks good, won his heat race. And, uh, and he wins the main event. He led, uh, he led every single lap of the main event, all 28 of those laps ripping around that series, that, that track. And I was really, really impressed. He was, he was challenged by uh, Ken Roxon. It was a close race the entire race long. There was never more than about a three or four second gap between them. And, uh, and Barsha managed it. There was a lot of cat and mouse going around. And at about the five-minute mark, I, I looked to my girlfriend and I said, I, I think that uh, Ken's going to kind of bide his time. And, he's, and then eventually he's going like, to try and pounce on it. As I finished saying that, uh, Ken Roxon all over the back of uh, Justin Barsha. Egg all over my face because what am I? What, it looks like I don't know what I'm talking about. But that's neither here nor there. The reality is, is that Ken Roxon threw everything and the kitchen sink at Justin Barsha. And the guy didn't waver. He didn't. Uh, the, he didn't even flinch. He went ahead and won the third main event. Elation. He was so happy. I don't know who was happier actually, him or uh, Christian Craig, your your winner in the 250 class. But either way, I was impressed, and I thought that it was a fantastic ride from Justin. Equally as impressive, honestly, from Ken Roxon, a guy who, um, in such a deep field, in in such a talented and star-studded. 450 class of the likes of which I don't think we've ever seen. I don't think the 450 class has ever 
have this many uh, top flight guys. And uh, Ken Roxon not only was able to get a great start, but he also uh, did a fantastic job in just going out and um, and and riding his race, being competitive. And I think that uh, um, I think there's we're going to see more of that to come. I think that uh, Ken Roxon is going to be. Um, like to, to call him a, a championship contender is not news to anybody, but I think that he's going to be a serious contender for this championship and will likely carry the red plate at some point, if not for the majority of the, of the winter. Um, total surprise, at least to this podcaster slash Instagram guy, uh, I think that's a thing, is Marvin Muscan, the 25-year program. Unbelievable ride, and then, like, it's just a podium performance hasn't been in supercross for over a year and he just uh almost two years really if you think about it the fact that he he, he finished in may of 2019 and then you, you don't see him until 21 um a long hiatus from racing supercross shows up qualifies well chasing down adam c and cerullo uh your your sophomore uh kawasaki rider uh, passes him, gets himself in third spot, and just stays there. Great ride. Nothing wrong with that. That's how uh, that's how championships are, are meant to start for top-level guys like Marvin. And I think that he shut a lot of people up, including me, who uh, who had doubted him coming into this season. So, um, right, as I mentioned, Adam Cienzarulo uh, was sitting in third to begin the race. A lot of people thought he's going to move forward. But as soon as he sort of didn't right away, as soon as he didn't immediately start to push towards into second into first uh i thought that something was up with adam i don't i didn't quite look himself he wasn't the fastest guy in practice which he normally is uh which means i think like that to me it kind of tells me that he's sort of like uh it dealing i wouldn't say so with some issues but he might not be a, a million percent happy with where the bike's at or maybe he's fading a little bit which would bum me out but if that's the case that sucks um but uh, a fourth place compared to a lot of other like some other notables was a fantastic ride. I think he's going to take that. Ryder McNabb checking things out. Shout out to uh, Canada's uh, hottest young prospect. Most likely going to be talking about him in one of these Supercross reviews in the next little while here. Uh, is, is is watching. That's really cool. Um, fifth spot, Malcolm Stewart matching a career best on the first night on a new Yamaha. Yeah, people talk about, is that Yamaha going to be something that allows uh, Malcolm to move up? Is he going to level up by by getting onto the Yamaha? Well, when you match your career best by jumping on a, a motorcycle you've never been on before after only a few short months of testing, yeah, I'd say that he's leveling up with the Yamaha. I think that's going to be a step in the right direction, and I think that uh, you can expect more of that to come. Of course, he also uh, capitalized on the fact that uh, two of the title contenders for this championship were mired in the back. In fact, if you think about it, between Osborne, Webb, and Tomac, all outside the top nine, uh, that is, that, that's like, those are three guys that for the most part are going to finish ahead of Malcolm. Uh, so you may be like, I'm not doing it right now, but you could slate him back into the eighth place spot. And that's kind of more of where you're expecting him to finish. Uh, but good on him for, for being able to put himself in the right position and, uh, and be successful on the opening round. That is super important. You want to start with the best foot forward. And he did so with a fifth place spot for the first round. I don't think there's a single person here that's that's uh, surprised that Justin Brayton, of all people, um, is uh, is another email from from Dan Truman. There's some shit going on with uh, Pulp Fantasy. I can tell you that much for free. 
Um, Justin Brayton, sixth spot. That's just, that's just what Justin Brayton does. Like he he gets he keeps his nose clean. He races hard. He's got he's got good pace. Like sixth place spot from a thirty five year old on a on a non factory edition. Like I'm sure he's got some great uh, some great support. And it's probably a really solid bike. But for all intents and purposes, he's he's not on uh, an equal playing field or an equal platform as uh, Ken Roxon, who was only uh, only four spots ahead of him. He he finishes in front of uh, basically all of Team Yamaha, uh, which is a step in the right direction as well. Rookie performance, rookie of the night, you might say, uh, goes to Dylan Ferrandis. Um, collarbone, wrist, hand, whatever he had issue with. Uh, in uh, I think that was in November or maybe that was late or early December. Apparently non-issue, seventh spot, super strong. Really liked what I saw from Dylan throughout the day. Uh, and same thing with uh, Aaron Plessinger. Uh, Plessinger, who has shown a lot of uh, not so great rides. At one point he was 19th in times during the day. Eighth spot, he's going to take that every single day of the week. It's a step in the right direction, and I think that he's going to move on to Tuesday with uh, a little bit of validation to uh, to him feeling like he's, uh, he's 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 putting in some good rides and it can expect better things uh, moving forward. That being said, on his team, he was actually the last place rider, which kind of like is a, a huge feather in the cap of the Yamaha team that they literally owned uh, three spots in the top seven. So, uh, like... They're going to be a, uh, uh, a team to be uh, to be watching all season long. Mary Claire checking in, probably back at home in Wisconsin, missing her her beloved Dave Drakes, who's probably out partying, like doing uh, lines of coke off of strippers' asses and stuff like that. That's the kind of stuff Dave does. Um, probably not, but uh, you, neither that's neither here nor there. Aaron Plessinger, though, used to be he used to be on the Star Racing team. He's back there now. His teammate when he was he was there, Cooper Webb, the two in your program, and uh, like ninth overall in the night, and that was the that was the best uh, finish from guys you would really consider. Like most people, if they said, "Hey, who is your championship like contenders? Who's going to be it?" It's Roxon, it's AC, it's Tomac, it's Webb. And it's uh, and it's Osborne. Like that's your heavy five right there. And the fact that three of them were outside the top eight, that's bad. And the fact that the the top one of those guys, Cooper Webb, ninth place, fourteen points. He's already got uh, he's 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 twelve points behind right now in the championship. That spells trouble. Same thing for uh, for Zach Osborne. Crashes off the start, and. Uh, uh yeah he I think he probably is at Olive Garden I, I would be willing to bet that, that that's where Dave is right now he's probably filling up on breadsticks too because they're free um but uh, Zach Osborne crashes first corner comes back to 10th pretty solid ride all things considered like moving through the pack in a super start-studded field of, of guys that uh would have otherwise uh made it very difficult for him he gets past uh, joey savacci for the upteenth time we know what we're talking about when it comes to zach osborne passing joey savacci uh they're both technically from claremont florida except for neither one of them actually are um and uh so that was the 10th and 11th spot dean wilson quiet night but uh if dean wilson has a quiet night and gets a 12th that's pretty solid for him i think uh, of course, he'd probably like to be closer to uh, the top nine, if not uh, closer to the top six. But I think uh, after the first round, he's had a quiet night, like I said, he'll take it. Um, 
Eli Tomac, the number one in your program, not the red plate on Tuesday, uh, shows up and it was pretty solid day until he ran into the back of uh, Vince Freezy, uh, trying to run through the pack. He had a bad start and uh, it, it just like it went downhill from there. I think he got together with Vince Freeze twice in uh, the main event. Um, that's not good for business when you're Eli Tomac. He now has a 16 point deficit to your current series leader that's an issue i think he's gonna uh he's really gonna struggle moving forward from that and i like i can't yeah yeah twice he got they got together twice and um damage control it's got he's got a hope for some bad nights from other guys and he has to go ahead and just go ahead and, and start ripping off wins have I heard that before? Is it 2017? Maybe 2018? Is it 2019 right now? Um, literally, we, we talked about that for four straight years of, uh, and maybe in the year prior to that, uh, Eli Tomac having having to go rip off wins. He was able to do so a few times, but it was always too little too late. Um, and that's why he has one championship and not five. Um, so out of Cortez, uh, Colorado, uh, bad night for Eli Tomac. He has to regroup and he has to do so two nights. He has two, two, basically three sleeps to figure it out. I doubt he gets much tonight, especially if he's got the little one along with him. Um, behind him, 14th spot, uh, and not a fantastic night for uh, Chase Sexton. That's mainly produced for the fact that uh, that he got together with Martin Davalos. Um, shout out to uh, my buddy Nathaniel who's watching a uh, Instagram live about motocross. You can turn this off now, Nate. Um, uh, I love him. Uh, I miss I miss beer league hockey and making fun of Nate in the dressing room. Uh, Chase Sexton, uh, bad night, um, but he gets together with uh, with Davalos. Like the fact that he had a, as as big a crash as he did, and he's only one spot behind Tomac, kind of goes to show how bad Tomac's night was. Um, Freezy, 16th spot, but just ahead of him, 2018's champ in uh, Jason Anderson. And you know what? I didn't actually see Anderson go down at any point during the night. He just had a, uh, a really bad night, probably got lost in the shuffle in the first um, in the first lap, and it was next to impossible to move forward uh, throughout this evening. Uh, it, it, passing seemed hard. Uh, there was a lot of following around, a lot of cat and mouse. Uh, not a lot of guys could make something happen unless they really stuck things in there. And uh, this early in the season, you're not going to see a lot of that unless unless you're dealing with Vince Rees. Um, but uh, that's why that's why I think he was in 15th. Uh, Might have had some sort of a bike issue, but either way, uh, seven points or is that mm, eight points on the night is not uh, what Anderson wants to start with. Uh, that's bad. Um, and the fact that he's only. Uh, uh, he's only seven points ahead of Alex Ray in the championship right now. Uh, is is basically like that. If if that ever happens to a factory rider, uh, that's usually a panic button time. Probably not after the first round, but definitely not where you want to be. Um, and then uh, moving forward ba or moving backward through the field, you've got guys like Vince Freeze. Like he's like I said, he was basically battling tooth and nail with Eli Tomac, which is probably cool for him, the fact that he's battling with last year's champ, but uh, I don't think Eli thought it was nearly as cool. Uh, Brock Tickle, 17th spot. Like, unfortunately, that's a like that's a so-so uh, night for Brock uh, with how talented this feel is. Like, if Brock gets a, a 10th or an 11th, that's an awesome night, and I kind of see him sort of sledding in in the 15th through 18th spot, so that's kind of where I expect Brock to be most of the year. 
Um, obviously, with going down and and trying to land on the tough blocks or midway through the race, not a great, great plan for Martin Davalos. He goes down because of it, uh, salvages an 18th. And for anybody who thought that Kyle Chisholm getting Yamahas in the middle of December and being like, yeah, I'm just going to go racing, Team Chiz, uh, I'm literally just going to have my old man fund this because he can, uh, and, and think that that's not going to be a recipe for success. It's Kyle Chisholm. He's career number 11. Like, he, he earned a career number at one point so high that he was able to get uh, number 11. Uh, that, to me, just speaks volumes to how good at one point he was. And he's still in shape. He's still a fantastic rider, and, uh, and that's why he was 19th. That's why I knew he was going to make it in the main event. And that's basically it for as far as I want to talk about the 450 class until I talk about these last two guys. Adam Enticknap and Alex Ray. When it came down to it, those were the like two of the guys that coming out of the LCQ. Like when you looked at that lineup, you're like, those guys should probably come out. Aside from uh, Benny Bloss, but unfor- unfortunately, it was bad luck Benny, where he ended up uh, getting getting into it on the first lap of an LCQ. You can't have that happen. You can't allow it. It can't happen. And he had it happen anyway. Um, and uh, he was never able to come back from that. Like, there's no, it's too short a race to be on the ground and then go catch up to somebody. I don't think I've ever seen it happen. But Adam Enticknap and Alex Ray, these two guys, just clutch performances, if you can call it that, for an LCQ. Both of them started outside the top four. They both found their way into the top four. And I'd say most educated motocross fans supercross fans going into the first round would not have had those two in your main event and those guys including me that's including me i did not expect either one of them to be in the main event for the first night i didn't have either of them on my uh my fantasy uh pulvamex fantasy team except for i think uh, brianne put them on uh put alex ray on there except that was over that was uh on uh my uh, expertise uh just kind of throwing throwing shit at the wall see if it's stuck it's stuck and uh, Alex Ray, like just a solid ride, solid day. Uh, he had a big crash in the main event. He didn't finish, I don't think. That's why he's 22nd on the day. He gets a point for his troubles. Uh, three points for Adam Enticknap. He's trying to get rid of that 722 again. Probably not, actually. Uh, he likes to keep that number. That's kind of his moniker. He literally refers to himself as a seven double deuce. Um, but uh, hats off to those guys. Both, honestly, like, uh, say what you will about either one of them as far as fitness or preparedness, ability on the motorcycle, cattywampus, everything in between. If you gambled and rolled the dice on Alex Ray for the first round of the year, it paid off for you because he did uh, he did more than fine uh, in the first round. Uh, obviously, you want to get better than dead last, but uh, it's something as opposed to nothing. Um, but that's it for me. I uh, got some uh, some Sherlock to watch, Sherlock Holmes. If you're not watching, if you haven't watched Sherlock on Netflix, go check it out. Um, with my uh, my lovely girlfriend, after watching Supercross, she was patient with me watching that all evening. Uh, but thanks for listening, thanks for watching, and uh, we'll do this again on Tuesday night. We re-rack everything over again and hit it up. Thanks again, guys. Have yourself a great one, and we'll chat again soon.